I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Because Everton fans will obviously be sitting there right now going, well, if this is this for us... Hello everybody, welcome to Planet FPL, the world where everything revolves around fantasy Premier League. My name's Sitch. And my name is James. And today, James, no poll, no votes, uh, no, no it didn't, nothing. No, didn't need that, mate. So, <clears throat> this is Money in Football, which is a podcast we normally do on a Patreon, most commonly on a, on a Thursday. Yep. Uh, the big story that obviously broke last Friday was something that I didn't think should be behind a paywall, and I think most people would probably want to hear us discuss it. Um, there was shocking news Friday whilst I was drinking hot lemons and feeling sorry for myself and doing a live stream when this idiot on my right decided to send me links. I'm I'm doing the stream and I'm like, why, why is Sush sending me links? He knows I'm working, I'm working live. And it was one of them genuinely, it's not often I get sent a story and I think, oh my God. <laughs> and, it, and it was one of them. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know I'd sent it to you live in the middle yeah, of the stream. Yeah, yeah. And uh, only when I caught up on the intro of the live stream that I realised that you'd actually in the middle of Ask James, I'd dropped a bombshell on you. Uh, Everton were obviously given a 10-point deduction by the Premier League's, in quote, independent commission uh, on Friday afternoon that now sees them drop to uh, 19th, joint bottom of the league, from 14 points to four points. That point deduction is immediate and in place. And it is due to, essentially, Everton's uh, failure to stay within the profit sustainability rules... Yeah, PSR. FFP, PSR. We could go FFP. We same shit, basically. Yeah. Which allows for losses of, uh, Suja's so going to tell us, 105 million over three years. Correct. Um, I think part of the problem of what's happened for Everton is they believe they were within it. And as the closer to judgment come round, it was like, okay, maybe we're not. Do you feel like that's played a significant part in the overall ruling? In the punishment, you mean? Yeah. 
So the ruling is guilty or not guilty. They're they admitted guilty. to it. Yeah, they're guilty. They admitted to it. So where you're saying that they, they were trying to lag it and say that they weren't guilty Everton have accepted that they were in the wrong what they're now disputing is the severity of the punishment versus the crime and I can understand like for a lot of people um, it's confusing because uh, if you look at even uh, the athletic right I've got the article right in front of me for the athletic and the headline there is record 355 million pound losses at Everton that's not factually incorrect, is it? Three hundred and fifty-five million pounds is a lot of money to lose, and Everton have lost three hundred and fifty-five million pounds, which is a Premier League record. But the punishment is not about that three hundred and fifty-five million pound loss. It's one hundred and twenty-four and a half million pounds versus one hundred and five. So, if you looked at that three five five headline number, you'd say that they've broken FFP by a total of two hundred and fifty million pounds. <laughs> It's not the actual crime or uh, breach is only nineteen and a half million pounds over a three-year period. Yeah, that's a lot to. Uh, there's reasons why it's not all of it. Yeah. Uh, primarily, obviously, the building of the the new stadium. So there's certain things where you can have expenditure and it doesn't come off your Correct. PSR um, investment in uh, infrastructure, stadiums women's team, youth football, I mean, charity yeah. work, there's a yeah, couple yeah. of others maybe as well, don't go on to this PSR report. So Everton have obviously already invested heavily in terms of the build of Bramley Moor Dock, which is going up. Looks like it's going to be a great stadium. Um, it's going to be used at Euros. But it's interesting to go back to that one two four point five million number that you said. Once you kind of get around all the noise... The reality here is that Everton are 19.5 million out of sync. Yeah. That's really what yeah. they are out of sync here, 19.5 yeah, million. Um, the other thing is COVID during that period, losses and stuff like that. They they, they over-exaggerated, did they, didn't we, they? We did, a, we did a comparison a really long time ago yeah. on Everton and Aston Villa's, um, the amount the two clubs were claiming they lost over COVID, and it was... I can't remember what the numbers were, but it was laughable whatever Tom was saying. Extremely high compared yeah. to the others. Um, so, yes, that 19.5 million is, again, I would I would call it a paper loss, creative accounting. It's because, one chenk tossing. Yeah, once you've moved a player from, what, uh, uh, once you've moved the debt from this side to that side, or you've sold a player, or you've amortised slightly differently or whatever, they could easily, that, that 19.5 could be 30. It could be, I, don't, I doubt it's going to be less, but it could be a little bit more. I think it's um, creative accounting. But £19.5 million breach for 10 points deducted. Fair? Uh, well, I've seen conversations where people have said, well, they, they, they would have been better off going into administration because that's a nine-point nine nine point deduction and they could have cleared a bunch of debt. And uh, let's be honest, if you go into administration, you're going to shaft a few people as well because you're not going to repay all of that debt. So they've done the right thing in the sense of not going into administration. But um, if an admi- if administration is nine points, then I don't see how 10 points is fair because administration is a worse thing to happen than breach FFP. Because in this situation, at least the club slash owner are going to have to way- find a way to finance uh, debt and the deficit whereas going into administration saying I'm not going to pay my debts or I'm only going to pay part of my debts so why would you get less of a fine 
Yeah, but it wouldn't have been... Punishment. I mean, in administration, one point better off or out of it, one point worse off. I mean, from that, it doesn't necessarily add up. Part of the problem here is, and one of the reasons for Everton's annoyance on the actual punishment, is a couple of things. Um, One is, um, and we will mention City and Chelsea briefly, but we don't want to be here for 10 hours. Um, Everton, it could be argued, have gained no sporting advantage from what they've done. They've massively overspent. Even Evertonians have every right to be um, upset at the punishment. Hey, they but might, we, but they we might also have got know. relegated had they not had Alex Iwobi as part of their team. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, <laughs> they might have got um, relegated had uh, well, Neil Namope con- not popped up in their team the, last when they year. they appointed Rafa Benitez, which was what? Uh, two summers ago yeah and uh, Everton budgeted to finish sixth which when you think about it is a little bit laughable that that's what they were they were budgeting for it was aiming high right it was and, and this was already an opin- uh, a period where the spending was already calming down but that they knew th- th- are you, are you saying they, they didn't gain any, any sporting advantage well based, based on what they were targeting no the, what, sure. the, the money they've saying, spent has not put them in a better position. No, but that's not down to uh, the money being spent. That's down to the money being spent poorly. If you took, if if Man City now fell off a cliff and uh, finished ninth or tenth or eleventh in the table, are you going to disregard their financial? Uh, uh, in, no, but, but City, in fidelity City, because City they arguably, didn't perform as well as they should have. City arguably have gained clear advantage, right? They've already won shit. Yeah, Ever, uh, Everton haven't Ever, done anything over this but period. They've tried. Really. The yeah, intent, they tried. The intent was there for them to gain a sporting advantage, i.e., perform higher in the they, table. They, now, ga- if they were they too gambled. bad to be able to do it. That's their fault. I think City have done the same, but they have managed to get that advantage because they've bought better players and they've got a better manager and stuff like that. But yeah, I think if you start trying to look at whether or not they got a sporting advantage or not, then the subjectivity of 11 versus 11 comes into it. The intent was there always, like if we're going to overspend and buy players like Iwobi and stuff that they, they spent too much money on, you could argue. Shit. You could they argue. spent a lot of money on shit. And Even Evertonians aren't going to deny that. That's their fault. Um, and Everton fans have been screaming for a long time about their unhappiness about the way their football club is is run, right? This is, has been a, a tipping point and we know there's a potential change with interest from 7-7 partners, which I'd also suggest Everton may not particularly want as their new owners because there's some shady stuff there as well. Might even be better off with the devil that they know. But part of the argument I was making, Sujis, and I think it was part of Everton's, is their failures have been uh, breaches of financial irregularities, if you will. Um, therefore, their punishment should also have been financial, i.e. banning them from signing players for a couple of transfer windows, which uh, most Evertonians would say, uh, based on their historical purchases over the last five years or so, probably would be a, good, a blessing in disguise for the football club, based on some of the players they've bought. So, should it be a sporting sanction when the punishment is for financial problems? Because if if you did say ban them from two transfer windows from signing players, you are still imposing a, a penalty on the the sporting side of the football club, right? I don't think you can um, separate the finances and the sport anymore from that point of view. Why? Um, it's not it's not directly correlate a direct correlation, 
But if you looked at the Premier League table, the more money you spend, the higher up you finish. Sure. Therefore, the finances and the sport are, are linked. Like, it, it just doesn't happen. Like, so Leicester winning the league and what have you, where they've got lower budgets. So it did happen. It did I'm once. Aware. Uh, I think you, you can't say that the finances and what actually happens on the pitch are not related anymore because they clearly are. Better teams spend more money, get better players, and therefore finish higher in the table. So if you impose a financial sanction and a transfer window ban, like you're talking about, it will have an impact on the sporting side of things, even though you feel like it's a non-sporting punishment. Um, do you, however, feel, though, that the 10 points is over the top? Or do you, do you deem it fair? What was your reaction? My reaction was, oh my God, like I said to you, because I'd been saying on the pod for a couple of weeks that the request had been that it was a maximum punishment of 12 points. And I did not think that. I thought if Everton got a points deduction, it would certainly be in the single digits, like three, four points, something like that, with with probably a heavy fine or some sort of transfer embargo to go with it. When I saw the 10 points, I was generally properly shocked. I don't know if I was shocked. I, I was shocked that we'd got the news and it was it'd come out all of a sudden as, in terms of shock of a bombshell being dropped. But the actual amount of points, I suppose um, I, I kind of went through a few various stages of thought process. So firstly, I looked at the table. I'm like, okay, what does 10 points actually mean as a punishment for them in real terms? And I looked at where it would le- leave them. And so my first reaction was actually... Just take it on the chin because you're probably still going to not get relegated, in my opinion. So then I was like, okay, is it too harsh a punishment? Like 15 points or 20 points, I feel like would have been a conversation to be had that they now are in a relegation scrap. But 10 points, I don't think puts them necessarily in a relegation scrap. I'd still back them, as would most well, pundits. No, they're definitely, to get out. they're definitely in a relegation scrap because but if, they'll get out. I listen, I agree, you know, and that's. And it's quite early in the season, I would say as well. We're third. Of the way through, just under. If this punishment had been handed out in pre-season, before the season started, we'd have all gone, Everton will get relegated. Probably, you're right, yeah. Because we'd have looked at it and we'd have gone, I don't see Everton getting to... Considering what's happened the last two seasons, yeah. They've been right on the cusp for two years in a row. Yeah. The second thought after I'd looked at the table and thinking, is this a real punishment? Because if they don't get relegated, this is no punishment at all. There's just take it on the chin and move on. Um, it's only really a punishment if it impacts what happens and they get relegated. Um, Maybe finish a couple of places lower than they there, would. There is an element of punishment there in, let's just say, you know, and, and I think most of us think Everton will, will still stay up, I think, subject to their players staying fit, very importantly. But let's say Everton finish 17th rather than finishing maybe 13th or 12th you know you're looking at a difference there of sort of eight to ten million yeah in uh prize money it's two two million a place roughly in the premier league i get i get that but just staying in the premier leagues kind of, kind of enough more than anything else the second thing i looked at to decide whether or not i think it's fair is relative to other punishments what have other people with similar uh, crimes being given and administration for the likes of Portsmouth probably won. You guys got fined twelve points, but then it got taken back. This is a long time ago, FA though. Premier yeah, pre Premier so, yeah. League. Um, so there, I don't know if there's as much to to compare against. And then you kind of think, okay, well, who else is in the same boat right now? Which is where a lot of people would want the conversation to go. Man City and Chelsea, let's say, are in the same boat. But Man City definitely. What does that mean for that punishment? So I think the 
overriding feeling for a lot of people was if this is 10 points, then Man City should be looking at the National League or something like that. I don't know if I agree with that, but um, they, they are slightly different, I think, in the sense that the Man City stuff is fraud, right? Whereas Everton's a breach of uh, the profit and sustainability, but I don't think they've been accused of fraud or anything um, underhand in covering things up. They've just spent more than they can afford to. To be honest, Whereas Man City's a lot more um, criminal in terms of what they've been accused of is covering things up, false sponsorship agreements, all this kind of stuff. Well, with Man City, it's going to come down to probably essentially, cut a long story short, if the Premier League can prove what they believe, which is Manchester City have lied. Yeah, and, and we've spoken before. And that Everton haven't lied; they've just overspent. Um, I don't want to say Everton haven't lied because they've obviously tried to cite mitigating circumstances. I, I think it's probably important to clarify. Opinions. <laughs> I don't think um, I don't think Everton have tried to game the system. Like no. I think they've willingly been trying to stay within. They realised they were in a problem, right? They approached the Premier League in 2021 and said, "Like, look, we're going to be really close here." What do we need to do to stay within this 105 million? Um, one of the agreements was that the, the Premier League would have to authorise Everton's attempts to sign players and stuff. I don't quite know how Everton then spent nearly £40 million on Amadou Anana, who's a good player, but nevertheless. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think the, the problem there is that they didn't then follow the things that were needed. But Everton obviously cited mitigating circumstances. Um, one, obviously, as we said, is, is the stadium project. Um, and it was highlighted that the difference of opinion on how loans to fund the scheme could be accounted for is what Everton were putting up as one mitigating circumstance. They also said, were citing the impact of COVID-19, which I think you and I had investigated previously and agreed that Everton were over-egging that in terms of the amount that they reckoned they would cost. And we used Aston Villa as a reference of a similar size football club, similar yep. attendances, etc. Um, there were also two players that were referenced who we can only refer to as player Y and player X. Everton's attempts to sell player Y didn't work, but they'd also given this player a new contract as well. Um, player X um, is a player who was bought for a large sum of money who they then couldn't use anymore. Um, Everton tried to mitigate that they could sue the player for around about 10 million, but didn't due to the player's uh, mental health and well-being. It was also a citation that Tottenham had robbed them for Richarlison um, and paid Everton 20 million less 
than what Everton believed the value of Richarlison should be and Tottenham took advantage of the situation. I don't know, personally, on what I've seen over the last 15 months, I feel like I've been taken advantage of and we paid about 20 million (laughs) too much. But actually, I think 60 million was probably fair fair market value, to be totally honest. Um, If Tottenham sold him tomorrow, I don't know if Tottenham would get 60 million. Let's put it that way. I I look at it that way as well. I agree with you. I I, I think it's probably a fair price. Just the other thing that they cited was their transparent cooperation with the Premier League. So, and I think that that goes back to the fact again they tried to seek a little bit of help themselves in 2021. But I think the fact that's really gone against them as well is the fact that the numbers have changed right several times. So Everton were trying to say I think it's 87.1 million. Mm. They were trying to say was their losses for the three years. And the Premier League originally put it at 120 point something. And then on reassessment, Everton had to come back and go, yeah, shit, we've, we've failed this. And the Premier League actually bumped up Everton at another few million based on their own reanalysis, which I think included, was it 40,000 documents? Yeah. Um, I mean, an insane number. And I think that does answer for some people a lot of, why does this take so long? That's one of the the general fans' annoyance, right? Why wasn't this dealt with? The Premier League, by the way, wanted to push for this punishment to be in place before the the end of last season, which obviously would have seen Everton relegated unless the City stay up. More on that sort of thing in a second. Um, But the, the, the independent commission... Like there's there's no way that's realistic based on the evidence that needs to be researched. So for those who are like, well, where's the analysis on Man City? Where's the final result? Forty thousand documents for one charge against Everton that took them from what March to now, mm. basically to make a decision. So you can imagine how long it's going to take for Man City's hundred plus. Which I think actually, when you condense it, I was reading something interesting. I, I forget the name of the person who was who did a really good thread on Twitter. It's actually cities 115. You can band it band in together to make it around about 32. But even still, there's obviously far more documentation to go through on Manchester City yep. than there is never. Talking about invoices, contracts, they, all this. They kind are of stuff. trying to put stuff in place. The Premier League, therefore, if this sort of situation happens again, that they will be a lot quicker to react and act upon it. I feel very uncomfortable always about teams having points deductions for misdemeanours of things that happened in the past. I'm generally quite uncomfortable with points deductions anyway, in in the sense that the impact it has on fans, teams, players. Um, I don't like goalposts being moved in the middle of the season. Like I think, say, if an independent commission had deemed Everton 10 points guilty and the punishment had been given out in May... Like, then what? Okay, Leicester stay up, Everton go down. Yeah, well, Everton are going to appeal. Like, it's way too Yeah, messy. I, I agree The goalposts move during the season. At least with this one, it's early enough in the season where Everton know where they stand at the moment. They know what they need to do, right? They need to get three more points than Burnley, Sheffield United and Luton for the rest of the season. And over the course of the 26 games that remain, I think most of us think that they'll do that. If they play like they've played recently... Then, then I think they'll, they'll end up doing it quite comfortably. I think we all think the line will be much lower this year, right? With 30 points might even be enough to stay up, for example. And in other seasons, as you alluded to, Everton would have gone. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree with you that I don't like. I don't like it in the middle of the season. What I don't like is also that it's subjective. Like we've talked, is ten points fair? Is it not? Where they come up with this number in terms of how many points is um, subjective. At the end of the day, like someone, if they'd come around and said eight points, would we be having a different conversation? As you're saying, deal with Everton, no, we'd and move be having on. the same conversation. Or if it was twenty points, we'd be having a very different conversation as well. If it was twenty points, we'd be saying, "Oh, they're a massive, massive trouble." I think, yeah, if there are punishments that are doled out for these kind of breaches, I would like to see them uh, not retrospective, but more in the future and before a season starts. I agree, So uh, just like say, okay, next season you are not in the FA Cup or next season you'll be starting two divisions lower or whatever. By the way, right? Everton are much better off having the minus 10 now than at the start of next season. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that. I mean, what happens in the circumstance, we, it's only hypothetical at the moment, but let's say they went, right, minus 30 points to Man City. Um and say you, you're getting invested in a title race, freeway between City, Arsenal, Liverpool, and then in April they go, yes, yeah, City minus 30. I mean, it, it kind of fabricates everything that's happened, yeah. right? It makes it not, not real, like what you've been watching and stuff. I would want that punishment, and I think the Premier League will want that punishment to be given in a pre-season. The problem with that is, like, whatever it is, Let's say it's relegation, just hypothetically. City, they say, right, City, you're you're expelled from the Premier League, right? They're going to appeal. Yep. So your time frame from end of season to start a season. What do they do if they go? If they decide in January, yeah, shit, we're going to relegate Man City. We're in the middle of the season. Then what? Yeah, changes everything. So I'm really uncomfortable, and I think the Premier League needs to think very, very carefully with the City case in terms of what they do if if City are proven guilty of these charges etc because Everton fans will obviously be sitting there right now going well if this is this for us then if for them it's got to be we know the charges are there there's no charge currently against Chelsea by the way but we are expecting something that's because yeah, of this new payments with Abramovich yeah and it goes back to his era where um, a, a few bits of paperwork came up with some Putin cronies nice uh, and Abramovich uh, was helping funnel money through to Putin through some back doors, apparently, allegedly. So we shall see how that plays out. I'm with you. I'm I'm also not a big fan, James, of uh, financial punishments because they're generally in the low hundreds of thousands and they're in the realms of a lot of clubs, like the cities of the world, will just pay it and, and move on. I think like tra- a transfer ban is more impactful on a club than potentially um, a financial fine. Well, that, that's what Everton were going for, right? Mm. Was 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 the transfer ban rather than obviously... I mean, we've seen it with the likes of Barcelona. Um, I would say ban restrictions that are put into place, like with La Liga, when Bar- Barca had no money, they had to submit their accounts. They're like, okay, well, you're limited to who you can sign and how many players you can register and so on. If that was the case, then I think a lot of clubs would take that particularly seriously because that could have an impact on a city. I'm glad you mentioned Barcelona because we should note Barcelona. here. We should note here that Everton haven't pulled any levers. Yeah, because this is the ironic thing as well. When I look at it, I'm like 19 and a half million. That's selling one player. Like if they just sold Jordan Pickford for 30 million, would that then be okay? Because they've made that money back. Essentially, yes. It's one player. But yeah, but then the, one the, good player. The, the, the point of that would be <clears throat> debatable. That Everton could have sold 
Pickford or Anana, for example. Maybe they would have, maybe, I don't know, if Calvert-Lewin had stayed fit, etc., he would have been an asset. But yeah. obviously no one was going to kind of buy him for the value this, this um And let's not forget, Richarlison, 60 million, Anthony Gordon, 45. There's 105 million there already. Well, this right? is it. So this is the other... It won't be, I, I don't know what they from got From a neutral him. perspective, we, we did a podcast last January where we looked at finance of all the teams, and I said then, and I've repeated this several times over, that Everton were in for five years of pain. We're not even into year two yet. Mm. And that was because the situation was so bad on them, based on you know reports at Kieran Maguire from the price of football were done and stuff, that Everton were, were very much on the, the tipping edge of FFP on what they wanted to be, i.e. a top six club, if you will. They weren't going to get there. They weren't going to get there. They'd already gambled. They'd fell short. And now we're going to essentially have to asset strip. But I think all of us as neutrals could look at Everton over the last 24 months or so. And I think other than that Anana signing, look at them and say, yeah, they've definitely been reining it in. Like they've not been going mad. This no. is this is part of the argument. We're not looking at Everton and saying, right, you failed. And oh yeah, by the way, you spent 150 million in the summer. Like all the money that Everton spent on their basically their two signings in the summer for for financial fees, Beto and Chamiti, are all based on like future payments. They didn't actually they didn't actually expenditure anything in terms of the summer transfer window. So I think that's also that would probably be more the point, I think, of Everton's mitigation would be to look and say, look, look, you can see we have been trying here. I think the problem is exactly what you said. The reality is one big sale. And they'd be under this and they wouldn't have the point deduction. But then an Evertonian might argue and say, well, Jordan Pickford will get us the, the 10 points yeah. that will keep us up this year. Amadou Anana, maybe in terms of Everton's midfield has been a big problem for a long time and certainly he's helped that area. I think one of the one of the reports even did suggest that Everton had said that their midfield was non-existent and it was part why they needed to spend money in the first instance. A lot of that, again, spent very badly, unfortunately. Do you think this takeover is going to happen? Because I'm very 30% likely to happen at the moment. I just don't think they've got they, enough money. They've already loaned Everton a fairly substantial amount of money, haven't they? 30 million from memory. Um, so they're, they're already invested in Everton. Um, I think the takeover would be bad, but the falling apart of the takeover might be worse. That's how it feels. Uh, that, that doesn't make sense, James. You either, the, the takeover is good for them or it's not. Well, the, the takeover going through will obviously get the person that Everton most want out at the moment, Mashiri and a few other board members, get them out and get it start. I, I think the, the problem would be what's the long-term vision of this group and as we said there's some shady stuff about them that we've we've covered in the past as well that is is alarming but I also if it doesn't go through like I don't know what's coming next for Everton from a takeover perspective that's the point like who wants to buy it at the moment when it's teetering like this it's going to be very difficult now get forward to five years of pain and if Everton have settled and established themselves mid-table Premier League club, sorry, I know it's not what Everton's want to hear, but in the short term and they're in that new stadium, etc., maybe sure. But we've seen other clubs where it's like the investment's been there in terms of stadiums, etc. And it's like, look at Tottenham now, it's like it's almost unsellable, right? Because it's too expensive? Yeah. Once, once Everton get into the new stadium, value's going to start going up at a football club, right? 
it's going to start generating and being self-sufficient eventually once they get there. Maybe Mashiri won't want to sell it or need to sell it because it will generate cash. The reason, essentially, that Everton are in this problem now is not through... Essentially, they've cheated, but I don't think they've cheated intentionally. I think... They've just been foolish. Almost like a modern-day version of Leeds and what Mm. Leeds did. Leeds gambled massively, right? And it, and it, it hurt Leeds for 20 years, basically. Everton's gamble might hurt Everton for 20 years in terms of they were going for that quick gamble to, you know, get in the Champions League, for example, and then, okay, this will be self-sufficient. And as Everton are going to be playing catch-up for a long time because while they're, they're sitting there, you've got all these other clubs like your Villas, your West Ham's, etc. and we're going to spend, we're, you know, even clubs like Forest, right? And we're going to be ambitious. Also, it's worth saying, look at an example like Wolves to kind of argue against Everton where Wolves come out in the summer, didn't they? And they said, well, we're under FFP restriction. We can't do a lot here. And I know a lot of Wolves fans question that, but probably sat there this week and went, I'm glad that's not me. Yeah, exactly that. You don't want to overstretch yourself. So there is another club who we've got, who've been in a similar position over the last couple of years to Everton and have been restricted, who have gone, we know we're in trouble here and we're going to explain that to our supporters and therefore haven't pushed over the line. Um... Everton will obviously appeal this decision. Um, I think they've got a case to at least get a deduction on the points. They're not going to get it completely overturned. I think yeah. that's, that's like a nearest certainty. But they will face a different panel. Um, and I think there is some scope for getting a turnover of, of the final result. Part of that is because and the, the Premier League don't have an actual written definition of what the punishment should be, right? Like, yeah, we know the punishment for administration. Richard Marston supposedly said in August, the, the chairman of the Premier League, supposedly said that a breach of FFP was going to be six million, okay? Just on the base of it. And Fine. Then, um, sorry, six-point deduction, sorry. And every five million over that would be another point. Right. Now, the, the independent panel that... Um, concluded Everton's final 10-point deduction, said they did not use that as a guide. But 19.5 million is very close to five times four equals an additional four points on top of six. Um, There's a case to say as well that I think Everton believe they can get about 10 million that is very debatable, which they want to push through. And I think there's a case to say Everton might get one or two points off of this. Yeah, I was going to suggest six, six to one, eight points is where I think it will end up. Well, most of, most of the journalists were expecting four to six points, it mm. seems like. Six might be the magic number. Um, but I, I also, um, and I think we've mentioned this, we think Everton will stay up. If uh, there's never a good time to get a ten point deduction, but if ever there was such a thing, it might be now because Everton have a chance, and they wouldn't have had a chance in other seasons. And there is a little bit of me as a football fan that thinks, take one for the team here, lads. Yeah, because then Man City and everyone else that follows can get really the boot. I don't have anything personal against in. City, Chelsea's arrival, fine, whatever. But I think if people have gamed the system and actual actually got advantage from it, then it needs to be dealt with. Um, in terms of City, we're not going to get a, a verdict soon. I think we've been clear on that for a long time. It is going to take time. As I said, it's taken, what, eight months or so to get. It's one decision on Everton. There are 115 on, on Manchester City. I don't 
quite know or understand how they're going to go about this final decision though because I even think like let's say they went right yeah we're going to expel City and you've got the appeal like I don't know it's just going to get dealt with in like six weeks or so what do you do about fixture lists and planning for next season what league do they go in like do you even just suspend them for two years and play with 19 teams or like like, what what do you even do bizarre I think it's going to be very difficult what to come up with a punishment. About, uh, there's a lot of people think they should be stripped of all the trophies they've won. Nah, I'm not a fan of retro. I'm just not a fan of going back retrospectively and rewriting history. Neither am I. I mean, take, there's one case. Does that mean Lance Armstrong can keep all his Tour de France's? No, well, no, it's, it's, a, fa- so it's, it's a very it's a fair very point. It's a very similar also, argument, you know? Like, you know, my team finished second to Chelsea in one year, right? If Chelsea got stripped of their trophies, oh, yeah, Tottenham won the league in 2017. Oh, what am I going to do? Have a party? Like, it's hollow. It doesn't feel mm. like nothing. My team weren't the best team in the league that year. Chelsea were. So I'm, I'm not I'm, a fan of retro, mate, if I'm no. honest with you. As much as it hurts a little bit, I, I get it. Rewriting history is difficult, but it happens with Olympic medals all the time. It happens with Tour de France all the time. Um but I, I don't know. In this team dynamic in the league, the way the league is is structured, I don't think it makes sense to retrospectively start stripping trophies. No. Um, one one final thing as well, I think, on, on Everton. I, I mentioned Leicester City. There's six clubs that have an opportunity now to put forward an appeal against Everton for financial losses. Some of them are laughable. Like, you know, Southampton, you appointed Nathan Jones. Like, you don't get anything, I'm sorry. Leeds have a little bit of a case, um, I think, on a couple of million because they'd have finished above Everton if they'd got that 10-point deduction a couple of years ago. Leicester City and Burnley are the two clubs, obviously, I mean, directly impacted by relegations through finishing one place below Everton, right, over the last couple of seasons. In Burnley's case, they're obviously now back in the Premier League. And the irony I I find with that is Burnley could sue Everton, get money off Everton, and then finish above Everton because Everton got a points deduction. That's triple triple whammy, isn't it? That's Christmas is coming. So then do Everton sue Burnley? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's going to be a bit messy that. The other thing to consider that is, let's let's say Leicester sued Everton. And there was an agreement to uh, pay a substantial amount of money to Leicester for losses of not being in the, the Premier League this year. Imagine then we bring that conversation back into Manchester City and the teams that missed out on Champions League football because of Manchester City. You think that the greedy six, and I support one of them, the greedy six aren't going to, I mean, imagine... Yeah. Imagine if they all went for City under that circumstance or they all went for Chelsea. Like so um I'm not in I'm not in agreement with that in terms of I, I don't think there's much for Burnley or Leicester to, to go for, but there is a case Suge, and it's a while ago that involves your team. Sheffield United and Carlos Tevez. Money was paid. And I don't think it's right to look back and say, well, West Ham didn't get a points deduction in 2007, I think it was, mm. because of the Tevez and Mascarano stuff. And you'd have to, ironically, with that, you'd have to say that Tevez kept you up. Yep. Like he did have a, a, a sporting impact. A sporting impact on the final league table. 
with the goals that he scored in the last couple of months of that season. I do think if that circumstance had happened now, you would have gone down. Mm. You would have you would have faced the sporting punishment. And it would have been dealt with. That was settled out of court eventually between West Ham and Sheffield United. Now back then, West Ham gave Sheffield United. I think it was uh, somewhere between twenty and thirty million. Twenty. Now, what's that as a value now? That's you're talking fifteen years. I'd say you could times it by two at least. So, do the case there would be would Le- would Leicester or Burnley million. have the case to chase Everton for that sort of money? Perhaps. Which would then only make Everton struggle even further with FFP yeah, in future yeah. years, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I feel sorry for Evertonians. It's it's always with this one, it's the, it's the fans who get the punishment the worst, right? Mm. But I do think you should take solace in what we've said that I think it'd be all right. Yeah, they'll still stay up. And if they do still stay up, then this will be... I, I said on this podcast um, last Monday when we reviewed their win at Palace, I said they're safe already. They're on obviously 14 points. You're looking at that advantage they had over the three promoted teams, so they're, they're not catching that. And I think Everton have had a better fixture list than most of those teams down them at the bottom, but they've mitigated it with the three away wins at Brentford, West Ham and Crystal Palace have evened that out against some of the really bad home results. They're obviously going to make Goodison Park their own kind of fortress. They're going to feel like it's them against the world, right? And I think any team going there in the near future is going to gonna feel like they're playing an FA Cup quarterfinal away from home and Everton going to make it tough. And I think as long as Everton keep their key players through their spine of the team, so the goalkeeper, the two centre-backs, Anana, ironically, and Calvert-Lewin fit, which is never a guarantee with Calvert-Lewin, but at least have a replacement now in Beto, that I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I agree they, with you, James. They'll, they'll, they'll be fine. And if the players get it right on the pitch and the fans get behind the team, it will create something where Everton will stay up and we'll look at it as a really good achievement for Everton at the end of the season if they finish 17th or higher. Indeed. Uh, listeners, of course, there's going to be plenty of opinions floating around on this, so jump in the comments on YouTube no, and let us know what you think. This won't be the last pod on it. And uh, once the appeal is done, James, we'll be revisiting this topic and seeing where we go with it because there's a lot more to unpack. Uh, on Patreon today, James, we're looking at the offside rule. Uh, yeah, the Wenger law. I'm not going to give my opinion on it right now. But we shall talk about that. Uh, we've got Sky Fantasy Football coming tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Luke Williams is joining me on, on that. 27th overall at the moment, smashing it. Yes, and Tottenham Arse tomorrow as well. If you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash planet FPL where you get all of the additional content, Slack channel, prize leagues and a whole bunch of other stuff as yeah, well. Including saying things about Manchester City that we're less inclined to say here. On the, uh, the main <laughs> show. Other than that though, thank you for tuning in. Uh, make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen to the podcast and we'll be back at you tomorrow. Stay safe. Ciao for now. Thanks, everyone. Be nice to each other. Cue music, please. Manchild. The Fantasy Football Show. Sports Social Podcast Network.